Greetings, beloved, and thank you once again for listening to our audio sermon recordings here at Grace Missionary Baptist Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wanted to take the opportunity to thank you and also let you know that you can mail us anytime at Grace Missionary Baptist Church, 2750 South 53rd West Avenue, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74107. You can also email me at pastorjoegmbc at gmail.com. That middle part there, that GMBC, stands for Grace Missionary Baptist Church. And we just want to thank you again for listening to these recordings. We have a handful of sermons here that were preached in the summer but not recorded. Uh, and I won't bore you with the details as to why. Uh, but there's probably about 20 sermons here, specifically in our study of the Lord's ministry. We've entitled that study, Jesus' Life on Earth. And it's a chronological study of the Lord's ministry. Uh, we've recorded a few of these already. Uh, we've been calling them backlog sermons, uh, just for a lack of better titles. Uh, essentially, we've gone through this study for seven years. And the recording on June 5th, which was entitled Jesus' Life on Earth, the Beelzebub Accusation and Seeking a Sign, is the preceding sermon to what we're going to read today. Uh, and hopefully we can get everything wedged back in there before we get to the week of the Lord's Passion or um, the, the beginning of His trials and showings and, and that one long week leading to His death. Uh, I'm hoping to get all of these sermons recorded for you uh, in that time frame. Uh, so if you haven't already... Uh, Please make sure you go through and listen. If you listen through Podbean or iTunes, it's very easy to sort. Uh, you can literally look for the title, Jesus' Life on Earth, and it'll pull up this entire study for you. Uh, everything on there you can listen to chronologically, except for the sermons I'm preaching now, which, as I said, is, is, a, is a gap between June and November of this year. Uh, so hopefully it won't take us too long to get all these recorded and caught back up for you. But I do want to thank you for listening. I thank you specifically for your patience regarding these lessons. But I wanted to make sure they were all out there for you. Uh, if you ever need to put these in order, or, or if you're finding these a few years down the road and just wondering what in the world were they doing, um, I would encourage you to pick up A.T. Robertson's book, The Harmony of the Gospels. Uh, as of right now, today, it is available on BereaBookstore.com. And I use the same titles he did, so you can just go right through and uh, and be able to find all these and 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 put them in order. Um, and again, I, I apologize. There's just a handful here that won't be in order for you. They were preached in order, uh, but not recorded in order. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, if you'll open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 11, our text for this particular event is verses 37 through 54. And the title of our message is, Arraignment of the Pharisees in One of Their Own Homes. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 37, it reads as follows, And as he spake, Jesus, of course, is the one speaking, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him. And he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner, which this would have been a type of purification performed ceremoniously uh, before every meal, especially for the Jews. And the Lord said unto him, Now do ye Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening. And this word here literally means the act of plundering or robbery or extortion, according to Strong's. But your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Ye fools, did not he that made that which is without make that which is within also? But rather give alms of such things as ye have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. 
But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs. Cain also brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, back in Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done, but not to leave the other undone. Woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye love the uppermost seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, thus saying, Thou reproachest, and this just simply means entreat spitefully, Thou reproachest us also. And he said, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens grievous to be borne, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe unto you, for ye build the sepulchres, or the tombs, of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly ye bear witness that ye allowed the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and ye build their sepulchres. Therefore also, said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they shall slay and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed for the foundation of the world may be required of this generation from the blood of Abel, which was the first martyr in the Bible back in Genesis 4, unto the blood of Zacharias, which was the last martyr in the Old Testament history, keeping in mind that our Hebrew Bible chronicles uh, in the Hebrew Bible, Chronicles is at the end, uh, rather than the order that we have it in today. And then he goes on and says, These prophets which perish between the altar, or these martyrs which perish between the altar and the temple, verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. Woe unto you, lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently, and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth, that they might accuse him. And this, of course, is the very extortion the Lord accused them of, back in thirty-nine, verse 39 of our text. Matthew Henry wrote that we should all look to our hearts, that they may be cleansed and new created. And while we attend to the great things of the law and of the gospel, we must not neglect the smaller, smallest matter God has appointed. When any wait to catch something out of our mouths, that they may ensnare us, O Lord, give us thy prudence and thy patience, and disappoint their evil purposes. Furnish us with such meekness and patience, that we may glory in reproaches, for Christ's sake, and that thy Holy Spirit may rest upon us. This is the second time in our Lord's ministry in which he dines with a Pharisee. The first was back in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. And he'll do it again in Luke chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, which if you are caught up on our, our study and our teaching, we've already covered that one now as well. Our Lord did not shy away from sinners, and great physician, uh, the great physician came for the sick. This was his purpose. This was his target. This is the second time Jesus was criticized for eating without the ceremonial washing. The first time was back in Matthew 15, verses 1 through 20, paralleled by Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 23. And again, all of these also can be found on the Podbean or the iTunes feeds, uh, but simply searching for the series Jesus' Life on Earth, uh, all of that is in there. So a couple of points that we want to make looking at this text, and, uh, and we just have two of them. The first is the focus light of God, 
And the second is the focused litigation of the sun. The focused light of God. The light of God shines in this world through the people of God who live for him. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, and 16, a very familiar text, Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Jesus said back in Matthew 5, verses 14, 15, and 16, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We must have a single outlook on life and be not double-minded. Jesus also said in Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee <coughs> be darkness, how great is that darkness? James chapter 1, verse 6, 7, and 8 says the following, he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Warren Wearsby wrote that a single eye brings more and more light into the person, but a divided eye turns that light into darkness. And we can see that when we uh, fracture light with with prisms and things of that nature, how it, how it disperses the light rather than it being focused and intense. The Pharisees were double-minded, but they thought they were walking in the light. The outside was clean, but there was corruption in their hearts. I pray that that's not us today. It is so easy, beloved, for us to feel that the outside is clean and the inside must be also, but if we truly, thoroughly read the Word of God and we self-examine ourselves in comparison to that Word, we will begin to notice the truth of our situation, and we will be brought to a place of repentance. We'll be compelled to draw nigh to God, and He will then be able to draw nigh to us. Now, when I say the phrase, He'll be able to, we need to understand that that doesn't mean we are giving Him permission or we are making it possible. Uh, he's certainly greater than any of us, but He is not going to dwell where there is sin, where there is lust, and where there is envyings. He's not going to dwell where there is incorruption. As we draw nigh unto him and these things are revealed unto us, we'll be made to repent of them and remove them. And then there will be a place in which God can dwell. Luke chapter 16, verse 13 through 15 says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. In verse 41, Jesus urged the Pharisees to dedicate to God that which was within, and then everything else would be right. This is not a give-your-heart-to-Jesus suggestion. The Lord was speaking to direct, uh, toward the idea of directing the whole body, calling it into submission, and foc focusing it on God and God alone. The second point from this event 
that I'd like for us to discuss is the focused litigation of the Son. Our Lord's six woes against the Pharisees and lawyers, the students of the Mosaic Law, were certainly spoken in anguish and not in anger. The positions these men held were to be solemnly performed with a reverence of God. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 23. Pretty lengthy read, but it's important that we see this here. Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. He's talking about their responsibility, their authority, their position, but he's also going to talk about their responsibility here in those positions. Verse 3, All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. But do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Very familiar to the text that we've read for today's lesson. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries, and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats at the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt him, uh, whosoever shall exalt himself, shall be abased. And he that shall be humbled, uh, he that shall humble himself, shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greatest damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of the hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, be ye, uh, woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether a greater uh, whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold, and whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether he is whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift, whosoever therefore shall swear by the altar sweareth by it and by all things thereon. And whosoever swear uh, shall swear by the temple sweareth by it and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees! Hypocrites, for ye pay tithe and mint and anise and and cumin, and have omitted the weightier weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, which stain at a which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup and the of the platter, but within there are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. 
Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets, and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up, then, uh, the measure of your fathers, ye serpents, ye generation of vipers. How can ye escape the damnation of hell? The details of this event should not be lost on us, beloved. This was Jesus Christ speaking those woes on those who he, uh, who, who were guilty of refusing him. It is Jesus who will one day sit on the thrones of judgment. He said in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. We read in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23, Romans chapter 14, verse 11, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess at the name of Jesus, this one who shall sit upon the throne of judgment. Every knee shall bow to him. These religious men majored in trifles but ignored what was really important. They loved to be recognized and honored by men but forgot about the honor that comes only from God. They glorified the past but would not help those around them who were needy. How would it be for us to tell all we meet that we that they are sinners and never tell them of the great physician, of how they might be healed by his hand? Instead, the religious leaders only made the burden the, the burdens heavier for the common people. Jesus saw this kind of religious hypocrite as the murderer of the truly righteous. Listen to the following, and I got a couple excerpts here from Dr. Luke. Luke 18, verse 9 through 14, which we're getting into in the present day study of this same series. We read, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went into the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as one, as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this publican. It's funny, he uses the word extortioner. The Lord said in our text today the, the same thing, that they were ravening or ravening. And then he goes on and says, I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess, rue and mint, which we see in our text today. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Consider Luke chapter 10. Verse 25 through 37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? 
And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him, into the, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the hosts, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go, and do thou likewise. And of these three, which, which would be the Pharisees here arraigned, in this illustration, Christ gave a priest and a Levite as examples of those who would walk on by this most desperate need. These positions were known typically for their zeal in works and in serving in a religious capacity. But who were they serving in that hour? It's a very interesting question. We, we read of the one in that text that they even went and looked at the situation and still walked on by. Using the Samaritan in the example would have likely been offensive to the lawyer that Jesus was talking to. He was speaking uh, of one who truly shows compassion, not just from the outside, but also from within. Let us go and do likewise. Jesus talked about this again in, in chapter 24 of Luke, verses 44 through 48. And Jesus said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. He was speaking of the compassion that he was to show and the compassion that we would show after that event in telling others about him and about what he had done. He, unlike the Pharisees, actively got involved, got his hands dirty, in fact, bloody. By rejecting Jesus Christ, these religious leaders took away the key of knowledge that opened up the message of their own scriptures. They did not enter into life themselves, and they stood in the way of others entering. They scattered the sheep of our Lord, Jeremiah 23. It is bad enough to reject truth and be lost forever, but when you influence others to do the same thing, you are guilty of their blood. For if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Even today there are denominational institutions that hide the scriptures from their membership. Beloved, cherish and exercise the word of God that ye may be found prosperous therein. It says in Isaiah chapter 1 as we close, verses 16 through 20, Wash you, make you clean. 
Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it.